Following is a class given by His Holiness Jayapataka Swami Maharaj on August 6, 2007 in Mauritius. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 8th Canto, Chapter 24, Verse 53 through 56. Tvam tvam aham deva varam varenyam Prapadya isam pratibodhanaya Chindyarta deepaya bhagavan vachobir Ranthin hridayan vini Vivrinu Swamoka Tvam Tvam Maham Deva Varam Varinya Prapadya Isham Pratibodhanaya Chindyarta Deepaya Bhagavan Vachobir Granting Hidayan Vivinu Swamoka. Worship, O Supreme Lord. For self-realization, I surrender unto you who are worshipped by the demigods as the supreme controller of everything. Anybody doesn't know English? Parlez-vous English? By your instructions exposing life's purpose. Kindly cut the knot from the core of the heart and let me know the destination of my life. Purport. Sometimes it is argued that people do not know who is a spiritual master and that finding a spiritual master from whom to get enlightenment in return in regard to the destination of life is very difficult. To answer all these questions, King Satyavrata shows us the way to accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the real spiritual master. The Supreme Lord has given full instructions in Bhagavad Gita about how to deal with everything in this material world and how to return home back to Godhead. Therefore one should not be misled by so-called gurus who are 
rascals and fools. Rather, one should directly see the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the guru or instructor. It is difficult, however, to understand Bhagavad Gita without the help of a guru or of the guru. Therefore, the guru appears in the parampara system. In Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, text 34, the Supreme Personality of Godhead recommends Tadvidhi pranipatena pradiprasnena sevaya upadekshanti te gyanam gyaninastatvadarshinaha Translation Just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master Inquire from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. Unquote. Lord Krishna directly instructed Arjuna. <coughs> Arjuna is therefore Tattva Darshi or Guru. Arjuna accepted the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavitram Paramam Bhavan. Similarly, following in the footsteps of Arjuna, who is the personal devotee of the Lord, one should accept the supremacy of Lord Krishna as supported by Vyasa, Devala, Asita, Narada, and later by the Acharyas, Ramanuja, Madhvacharya, Nimbarka and Vishnu Swami, and still later, by the greatest Acharya, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki, Goranga. Where then is the difficulty in finding a guru? If one is sincere, he can find the guru and learn everything. One should take lessons from the guru and find out the goal of life. Maharaj Satyavrata therefore shows us the way of the Mahajana. Mahajano Jenagata Sapuntaha One should surrender the Supreme Personality of Godhead, thus Avatara, and learn from him about the spiritual world and the goal of life. So this ends the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam 8th Canto 24th Chapter 53rd Text Matsya the Lord's Fish Incarnation where Maharaj Satyavrata is offering his prayers. Text 54. Shri Sukha Uvacha Yajukta Vantam Nipatim Bhagavana Purusha Matsya Rupi Maham Bodao Viharam Statva Abravit Sukhdev Goswami continued when Satyavrata thus prayed to the Supreme Personality of Godhead who had assumed the form of a fish the Lord, while moving in the water of inundation, explained to him the absolute truth. Puranam samhitam divyam 
Sankhya Yoga Kriyanam Purana Samitam Devyam Sankhya Yoga Kriyavatim Satya Vratasya Raja Sher Atma Guyama Seshataha Translation The Supreme Personality of Godhead thus explained to King Satyavrata, the spiritual science known as Sankhya Yoga, the science by which one distinguishes between matter and spirit. In other words, Bhakti Yoga along with the instructions contained in the Puranas, the old histories and the Samhitas, the Lord explained Himself in all these literatures. Asro Shidrishivir Sakam Atma Tatvam Asamsayam Asoshit Rishivir Sakam Atma Tatvam Asamsayam Navyasino Bhagavata Proktam Brahma Sanatanam While sitting in the boat, King Satyavrata, accompanied by the great saintly persons, listened to the instructions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in regard to self-realization. These instructions were all from the eternal Vedic literature, Brahma. Thus the king and sages had no doubt about the Absolute Truth. These instructions were from uh, the eternal Vedic literature, Brahma. Thus the king and sages had no doubt about the Absolute Truth. Okay, so that's up to 56 and started at 53. So you can start, changes the direction a little bit at 57. Satyavrata was very fortunate that he was uh, in this. Uh, very special situation where he could receive instruction directly from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Matsya Avatar. Matsya is the protector of the Vedas and uh, there's also another uh, pastime that uh, today is the Kadasi, right? That says that uh, there was a demon called Shankasura and he used to go he wanted to, he actually uh, had defeated the devas, he was indefeatable by any other living entity it seems. So he was looking everywhere for the devas to kill them. But the devas were hidden in a mountain cave in Mount Meru. So the demon couldn't find them. Then the demon, 
he got this idea, let me go to Brahma Loka and destroy the Vedas. If I can destroy the Vedas, then the Devas will anyway shrink up and die because they'll have no more knowledge. There'll be no more spiritual knowledge in the universe. So this was an atheistic uh, attempt. He wants to destroy all the knowledge about the Supreme Personality of Godhead by killing the personified Vedas. By the time he got the Satyaloka, the personified Vedas somehow were informed that this is his plan. And as he entered, they left. So he saw them. And he chased after them. So they're going around the universe and then finally the, they enter into the water. I don't exactly, I think, whether our salt water somewhere in the water. So he also entered into the water and was looking for them. What he didn't know, which you are now going to know, if you don't already know it, is a secret. How many want to know it? The personified Vedas dissolve themselves in the water. So that way he won't be able to find them. He doesn't know that. So he's looking everywhere. It says that under the ocean there's uh, bigger mountains than the Himalayas. There's many, many valleys and mountains. And so he's looking all over the whole ocean. Also the ocean is uh, much bigger than the land mass. Or like four-fifths land and four-fifths ocean water and one-fifth ocean or something. You got our students here, a little bit behind in my geography. So, like that, the devas have realized that, okay, he's going to take a while to find the, the Vedas, probably won't find them at all. So then he went, the, the devas went to the side of the milk ocean. Who lives in the middle of the milk ocean? Any kids here know? Who knows? Who lives in the middle of the milk ocean? You know? Why don't you know? If you write a letter, milk ocean, who, where does the letter go to? <laughs> Looks at like ladies. Anyone ladies know? Huh? Kiru Dakshai Vishnu. That's, uh, let's give her a big hand. The Lord who lives in the milk ocean. Kiru Dakshai Vishnu. So, four months a year he rests. That's why we observe the Chaturmasya. As this is his resting time. And also, so they're afraid they didn't want to wake him up abruptly. 
and maybe commit some offense. So they just made a plan, let's chant Hare Krishna. And then if he wakes up, at least he'll wake up to be singing. So maybe he won't take it so bad. So they were singing, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, So, the Lord was actually so pleased that these devas are chanting my holy name, they're doing kirtan and dancing. There's also another secret for us. The Lord is very pleased when you sing and dance in kirtan. How many of you like kirtan? Okay, now you know the secret, how to please the Lord. Mauritius can become the most opulent, happy place if everyone chanted, or at least a lot of people chanted. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Hare So like that, The Lord was so pleased that they were singing and dancing Hare Krishna, Hare Nam. He decided, I want to give them a special blessing. I'm so happy that anybody on this day, this Titi, who performs my devotional service, They'll get a hundred times the benefit. And anyone in this month who observes some devotional service, they'll also get a hundred times the benefit for the whole month. Which day was that? Men. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which day? Men are giving up, giving chance again to the ladies. Yes! I was, by saying Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> it was a courtesy. And what month? Huh? Kali. Kartik, yeah. Okay, give him a 
Two hands, good hand here. So we have here two to one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why Kartik month is a hundred times. So then the Lord was so pleased and He asked what they want. They say, you see, we're facing this difficulty from this Asura is in the ocean. So then the Lord took the Matsya avatar form. And he had a fight with the demon. The demon actually liked to fight. He was just looking for a good fight. But everybody is running away because he was such a good fighter that they didn't want to get killed. Discretion is the better part of valor. If you know the guy is going to kill you, why fight with him? Right? So, then after delivering the demon. Then now the, the uh, personified the Vedas were dissolved in the water. So they weren't accessible to anybody. Then he took them out and then gave them again to you know, the civilized beings. That's another, that's from the Padma Puran. Haribol. Checking everybody out. <laughs> so like that. Now here we're hearing about how Satyavrata got also the knowledge. Sometimes this uh, pastime of Matsya, what are them is like the uh, Noah and the Ark in the Bible. But there it stressed more the saving of all the living entities. But here it's stressing, that's there also it mentions that some rishis and different entities were saved, but that the save giving the knowledge that was uh, considered more important. So, this time the Lord gave Sankhya Yoga. Who knows what Sankhya Yoga is? Men? The analytical study of the material nature, like uh, physics and chemistry or what? Two up. Well, quit wiping my head. Don't want to create any gender conflicts here. So, like that. Today we do a codice. Every Akadasi, there's also some glories. I didn't look up which Akadasi it is or which glories, but. We do because also Akadasi known as Hari Vasar. The day of Hari. 
Sometimes in India you have Namahatas that if they can't do every week, then they do at least every Akadasi, Kirtan and class. Or many places they do a special Akadasi program. Because you get a hundred times the benefit. What's amazing is that uh, also most, I mean there's a very easy way for people to get a lot of spiritual credit. But unfortunately, what do you think? What's the percentage of Hindus in Mauritius that actually observe Akadasi? One percent? They don't. Negligible. Negligible. Just start. Devotees, maybe. No other Hindus do it? Must be few. But negligible. Yeah, sometimes they think that it has. You, can, you, don't, you, you should eat whole grains. So, like a rice is a whole grain, one little grain you can see. But then they eat wheat because it's ground up, so it's not a whole grain. But uh, shouldn't eat any kind of grain, pulse, beans. Probably some little booklets on certain things like this, ekadasi, chaturmasya. Please, Damodar, Purushottam month. That'd be very useful. Why not onion and garlic? I mean, even in India now, it used to be when I came to India in 1970. In South India, there were uh, a lot, there were a category of restaurants called Udupi. Vegetarian, Udupi hotels, Udupi restaurants. And they didn't serve onion and garlic. But practically now, it's very hard to find a, even a you know, vegetarian restaurant that doesn't serve onion and garlic. Although onion and garlic is supposed to carry the sin of uh, killing a, a cow. So like this Kali sneaks in in various ways in order to confuse and contaminate and weaken the spiritual force of the human beings. That's why one needs a spiritual master. This verse uh, is stressing very strongly the need of our spiritual master. Of course, if you can directly get taught by Matsya Avatar or by Lord Krishna, nothing like it. But even Krishna tells Arjuna to find a guru. So we find a spiritual master. The idea is we shouldn't do anything unless we're clear that by doing it, we're not going to get into some kind of spiritual trouble.
This is a, a very great mercy that we can get that protection. It's like if someone has a doctor, if they have some disease, they have a very good doctor, then he can cure your disease. He can advise you what to eat, what to do. I'll trade you. Yeah, share that with them. Put on your father's and mother's head. Like that we get so much mercy. Somebody once started, in a class started to tell Prabhupada things and then Prabhupada said, I don't have to listen to you, I have a guru. You're not my guru. So, having a spiritual master, we get a, it's an insurance a policy. Sometimes if we get in difficulty, even the guru may come and uh, drag us out. So that way, it's another help. One has different kinds of virtual masters. One may have a Shiksha Guru or a Diksha Guru. It's one Diksha Guru that one has at any given time. But the Shiksha Gurus could be more. It's important that we have this protection. Prabhupada was saying once that uh, to have no guru is like being or not, no protector. Not is a protector. So they also in Indian, in Hindi, Bengali, I don't know how many other things, or not also means uh, orphan. No one to protect. That's where that saying came. That there was an orphan. He had no parents. and So he said, I have no parents. I have no one to look out for me. Does anyone want to be my uncle? So at least I have some relative. Then there was a blind man. And he said, I'll be your uncle. But then the other people said, look at he's a blind man. What's a, you know. But then... Uh, then the, the boy said, Nai mama che kana mama balo. That in comparison, they're having no uncle. Better to have a blind uncle. Or in English, a blind uncle is better than none. <laughs> but uh, here we want this. Uh, Ideally, we should find a, a true spiritual father, or in some cases, uh, when there's no, if they're not accessible to the father, a real qualified uncle, not just a blind uncle. 
lot of these different uh, cliches, so they have some meanings that are very interesting. But spiritually, we, just like the devas, once they were, they had to approach, uh, what was that, uh, Rishis, uh, who was giving one oblation to the devas and one for the demons? Huh? Visarup? Visarup. Had three heads or something? Or, or three, something was three. So he was, I gotta read the Bhagavatam again. <clears throat> then uh, they used him in order to defeat the demons, but then they got angry with him when they saw that he was also helping the demons, and both helping them and helping the demons. So they, did, they wanted someone to just help them. Yesterday, day, uh, day before yesterday, in the Middle East, someone told me that there was a Christian priest and he's going around saying, actually, there's no such thing as the Vedas and that uh, all this thing about Vishnu and Shiva just meant to divide the people and uh, so many negative things. And so they're bewildering. They're bewildering their people. So I was explaining, there's so many rishis, he said, especially South Indians, all Shivites, and North Indians, all Vaishnavas. I said, that's also Boas, because there's enough Shivites and Kali worshippers in North India, it's not like everybody's a Vaishnava there. And in South India, it's not like everybody's a Shivite. You have Ramanuja Acharya, Nimbark, all these Acharyas are from South India. And they're great Vaishnava Acharyas. So, People don't know their own uh, history or culture very well, so someone says something and you don't know anything, it might sound logical. After I explained everything, then they said that doubts were removed. That's what we want to avoid. You see, within ISKCON also we have this system. We have many spiritual masters. And one can, is supposed to be able to choose whichever guru they want within ISKCON. And the, in fact, even it says that one can glorify their guru. But what's uh, not permitted should be very much avoided is this kind of negative propaganda where you criticize other gurus and then only glorify your guru because there's good in all gurus. They're all helping people back. So you glorify your guru but don't criticize anybody else. There's this... I uh, don't know if they have any rictics here in um, Mauritius but there's a category of uh, rictics who they criticize all the gurus and it's gone. It's kind of strange that they, then they glorify Prabhupada. Of course, glorifying Prabhupada, we all do. Nothing wrong with glorifying Prabhupada. They criticize everybody. They're saying Prabhupada is the greatest, but he couldn't make anybody a pure devotee. 
in itself it doesn't make any sense. Prabhupada, the name Prabhupada means one at whose feet many masters sit. Because many great devotees uh, have taken shelter of Prabhupada, are doing wonderful service around the world, that's why Prabhupada is so great. But we say they didn't make any devotees. And what's so great about that? So this uh, this kind of envious preaching or special one definitely wants to avoid is to get involved in Vaishnava Aparada, which they don't seem to be afraid of. I think they send out a magazine, although whoever address they get, they send it out. So. Huh? Really? Destructive ones or favorable? You know, you want, huh? No, but they criticize. They're the critical type. There's two kinds. There's there's a kind that just kind of into their own thing, but they don't really bother with everybody else. And then there's the kind that actually pretty aggressively uh, criticizing everybody else, giving out this uh, magazine back to Prabhupada, which is simply offenses. Huh? Wow, how they do that? So they had to publish another magazine. <laughs> because some people think it's a bona fide uh, magazine. They don't know. Yeah, so at least send out and uh, notice that uh, these people are <coughs> not part of the squad in there. <coughs> doing this thing just to disturb the faith shouldn't the Bangalore is uh, Riktik, the main Bangalore big temple but they've left uh, this IRM because it's too just too offensive at least they say that I don't know so To try to break the people's faith in the guru, then you don't. Then you'll take them as authority. So we have to watch out for these things. But uh, it's a good point. Yeah, the, and also protect your uh, <laughs> mailing list. <laughs> You got a spy in the, a mole. Maybe it's an old list. So anyway, finding a spiritual master, this is important for the new devotees. I've been asked by so many times how to choose. I got a, 
I brainstormed once with some devotees who came up with 13 questions, oh no, 15 questions that one could ask themselves how to help to understand who is their guru, their diksha guru. Or sometimes uh, one may take uh, all the, the, take the different gurus that they have faith in as a siksha guru and then try to develop a closer relationship with each one and see which one is uh, helping you more. That we have a, to choose that one as the diksha guru. But here Prabhupada in this verse, saying one hand is of course, uh, we should take shelter of Krishna's teachings. Take shelter, and then we should take shelter of the paramparats. So like the first someone comes, and we take the Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, take that shelter. And then we're choosing a guru, first you want to choose is the proper guru parampara. So we're recommending people should take uh, Prabhupada's parampara because uh, he was empowered to bring Krishna conscious to the West. He knows how to apply the teachings in the modern world. He is a bona fide uh, spiritual master. But like some of the ancient uh, sampradayas, they don't really know. Like some people say, they go overseas, you lose all your spiritual credit. So then, if you're following such a sampradaya, they're not obviously going to be able to help uh, us. In, uh, even they may be bona fide, but... Uh, people living overseas, how they're going to be able to help, they have no idea. Now gradually people, Madhvas were against that before, but now they're opening up. Next February, the next Madhva Acharya, who's going to take charge of the Krishna temple, is someone who extensively travels overseas and preaches. So everybody's holding their breath to see whether all the other eight, the other seven, there's eight Madhva Gurus, whether they're going to attend his ascending to the... They have a system where there's eight Gurus and one Guru is in charge of the Krishna temple for two years. And, that, and there's other eight Matas, or totally eight Matas and one on rotation. So maybe in their life they get three, two, three chances to be, they call the Pariyai Swami, which is the head Guru for this uh, Sampradaya. And then he does the puja in the Krishna temple. Before, one of the gurus who were, one of the sannyasis who went to preach overseas, when he came back, they wouldn't let him in the temple. But it wasn't his party. It wasn't, he was just there, you know. The others can go and normally and help in the puja, and just have the chief one does the puja, that's their thing. But this time, either that one or someone else who's going overseas, it's his turn to be the chief. So everybody's going to wait to see what happens. Is there going to be some kind of scandal or it's going to be accepted? But like the Prabhupada, he went over, he took it to the West. Some people criticized about that. And, uh, but he, he went not for any material reason, didn't go to enjoy life. He went to spread Krishna consciousness. So it's not like he got contaminated by the West because he went for a totally spiritual reason. So it's like this, that's another thing. Where was I just recently? Uh, maybe it was when I was in India. There were certain people telling how they had visited the Radha Kunda. 
and some of these uh, Vrindavan, they have the Goswamis, the Babaji's, they also do negative preaching. So they say, why? Oh, it's gone. This, your guru went overseas, so it's not bona fide. We sit here in Vrindavan, so we're bona fide. Then uh, there's so many negative things they say. Your, your parampara is not good, we got a better one. Your guru didn't give you your siddha sankalpa, your siddha sarup. I'll tell you your siddha sarup. You're a monkey in Vrindavan. <laughs> that means if you follow him, you're as stupid as a monkey. So where's your guarantee? If someone like that says you're a monkey, you're a peacock, you're a surabi Usually for the for the uh, Westerners, other sampradaya, usually they give them an animal bird. Kind of unusual, but maybe you'll be lucky and get that some human leela with Krishna. I met there, I heard about one devotee who was found in the corner of his room <laughs> waving his arms. And so one devotee asked, you know, that, Prabhu, what you doing? No, 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 don't bother, nothing private. No, no, what you were... <laughs> what were you doing? They kept, you know, harassing and saying, okay, I'll tell you, but don't tell anybody else. Famous last words. <laughs> then uh, he said, when I was in Vrindavan, when I was in the Dham, rather than somebody gave me my Siddha Sarup, they said that I was a peacock in Krishna Leela, so I'm just practicing. Later on he was uh, left Krishna consciousness and was uh, working in a gas station pumping uh, petrol. It's a sad thing, you know. So if he's already got his Siddha Sarup, why will he leave devotional service and sell, you know, petrol and diesel? Like this. So this way people cheat you. We don't want someone to come up and tell us this is your, your rasa. We want to realize it. We want to see our own spiritual form. We want to be able to see Krishna. And that's revealed gradually as we perform devotional service from Vidhi Mark. Then our spontaneous devotion starts to arise. But we don't want someone to come up and say you're a monkey or you're a peacock or you're this or you're that. Or, even if they tell us you're a gopi. How we, well, if we don't, if it's just something theoretical, What's the use of it? There's a way they cheat people. And someone thinks, oh, I'm a gopi. But what you? They're just thinking like that. You're not actually realized anything. So Krishna consciousness meant to realize. That's why the devotees, one time we were with Prabhupada, and uh, we went to the Vinoda Bhave ashram, and he was a great uh, follower of Gandhiji, in Madhya Pradesh, and war, near Warda. He was so upset that the founding fathers of the Indian constitution put in that they should uh, ban uh, cow slaughter, but they didn't do it. They just said it should be banned. So then, because in all these 50 years or whatever, 40 years had gone by, they never banned it. And they were still in uh, Kerala as well as Bengal, they had cow slaughter. 
So he uh, was fasting. Or no, he was doing Mona Baba. In order to make his point that they should stop this animal slaughter. But he organized a special meeting of Gita, Gita conference. And he invited Prabhupada as one of the speakers and one Chidananda, Swami Chidananda, who's, I don't know if he's still alive, but he's in the Divine Life Society, the Shivananda. So that time, Prabhupada's devotees were doing kirtan. Everybody was clapping their hands and chanting with him. Then he had us chant some slokas from Gita and he gave his lecture. You know the Bhave, of course, he was a Mona, so his lecture was, <laughs> didn't say anything. But he asked his, uh, he had a lady's ashram. So I asked them and they all chanted one uh, chapter from Bhagavad Gita, maybe the fourth chapter, if I remember correctly. Then, uh, which was quite nice. They memorized the whole Gita chapter. Then it was Chidananda, Swami Chidananda's turn, and then he said, before speaking, he said, uh, he did a, some kind of speculated kirtan. I remember he was clapping, Om Krishna Satchit Ananda Rupa Om something like that, just you know, Vasudeva Satchit Ananda. So it wasn't taking off very well. It wasn't like a you know really attractive uh, melody or anything. Just you know, mechanical. Prabhupada thought this guy is like making fun of me. We were chanting, and now he's doing this stupid, speculated chant. And we don't know exactly what Prabhupada was thinking, but he just at one point he was like getting so upset with this guy's uh, this uh, Swamiji's kirtan. He told. The devotees chant. Like every, and then they start chanting again. And everybody became blissful. He saved everybody from the Satchit Ananda. Om. They were like, what is this guy doing? What is he chanting? Not, it wasn't a Vedic mantra, just something speculated. Then afterwards, Prabhupada said, because you're all pure devotees. Therefore, everyone appreciated your chanting. And we have Prabhupada, but you're a pure devotee. We're not pure. No. You're all pure devotees. Some may be riper than others. Some may be like, now is the green green mangoes coming in season? Right? And if you keep it long enough, it become a ripe mango, right? Huh? What happened? You want to give me a mango? <laughs> Inside jokes here. Oh. Really? Already? So this is Prabhupada, he was, uh, he never criticized people. He would criticize what you can say principles. If somebody just claimed they were God, he criticized that. We shouldn't claim we're God. 
But you wouldn't name people, generally speaking. Because then it creates some kind of ill will. But if you give an explanation, what is proper, what's not by the scripture, then people cannot, as they say in English, that the shoe fits, wear it. Then people can apply and say, well, wait a minute, my guru does that. He claims he's God. In South India, in uh, Rajamundi, there's a little temple opposite our temple. And somebody was there claiming they were Kalki avatar. Then people say Kalki avatar is not for 427,000 years from now. Don't you have your dates a little bit mixed up? <laughs> so then he said, okay, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, Vishnu avatar. And they said, but Vishnu avatar, then they, people start questioning that. Why they say this? Okay, look at, I'm the father and my wife is the mother and we're the avatar like that. And don't ask any more questions about this topic. And so, if you want to get a special, you want to get a normal blessing from him, 50,000. And if you want a special blessing, one lakh fifty. And if you want a maha blessing, then you have to pay five lakhs. For the maha blessing, they give you some kind of a drink that makes you go about pretty much crazy for about three days. <laughs> and you roll on the ground and you're completely mad. And you come back and you had this intensive experience, so that's for five lakhs you can get that. <laughs> so, actually it's not possible. The, the Vedas say that you had to, the uh, avatars could be mentioned in scripture. And the avatar has got three symptoms. Mentioned scripture, he does uh, his appearance. Not like Kalki is mentioned, but he's not now, he's later. So the symptoms of the avatar should also match with the person. Otherwise, I'm Ram. But there's no, nothing matching. Ram, you know, is a, has his own lila. should match up. Anyway, he already came. He's not expected to come again. Krishna already came. He's not expected to come again. Then they should perform some miracles or something that ordinary people can't do. So this is the Three symptoms to test. Prabhupada sometimes would say, if someone claims to be an avatar, you just ask him to show his universal form. When Krishna said he was an avatar, that he was Krishna, a supreme person, then Arjuna asked him to show the universal form, and he did it. He proved to everybody who he is. If somebody claims to be God, let them show their universal form to everyone. You can bring CNN, BBC, everyone, and Terry with his video, and then you can see what happens. If you can't do it, then we don't accept you. And the Guru doesn't claim to be God, he's just claiming to be a representative of the Lord, and his supposed to speak from the scriptures and from the sadhu's lives, the pure devotee's lives, and from his uh, guru. And this is uh, the way he uh, gives teachings. 
So Prabhupada says, hey, one should take lessons from a guru and find out the goal of life. So Maharasatya shows us the way of the Mahajanas. Mahajana Janagatasa Punta should follow in the footsteps of the great souls. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Any question? Prabhupada didn't, and as far as I know, Prabhupada didn't stress uh, any of these other aspects. Of course, in general, he said, follow the Vedas. There are one or two kinds of vegetables that uh, we don't take. <coughs> Prabhupada didn't take this, uh, not only on the Kanatsin, any day, the snake gourd, and uh, he wouldn't take the red masuri dal, the red lentils. But anakarasi uh, beans, also like green beans, if somebody gave him green beans, he considered that he broke akarasi. Even though they're green, they're not, but uh, beans, cereals, and pulses. Since the Prabhupada had always used ghee, Anyway, so he would cook on a kadasi with ghee also. If Prabhupada broke an kadasi because they fed him something he didn't know about, then he would uh, fast again normally on uh, triodasi. The day after, the day after a kadasi, two days after, because said. Radhasi was a feast day. Prabhupada did take carrots. Some people don't take carrots, but he took carrots. On the Kanasi, they would give carrot halva. But he's, some of these things he said they should be cooked with ghee and haribol. Okay. It's obviously two different people. It's gonna. It's coming up. It's in the next few verses. The details. I didn't read that because I thought, why introduce a new thing? And so the Hayagriva Alila comes after this. But there's also a, a horse form of the Lord called Hayagriva. That's the demon called Hayagriva. The demon's got a 
fortunate name. Last question. Here the okay. we also talk about this uh because this reading is quite new in Russia. But uh, some devotees more like, you know, like kind of uh, you know, some uh, uh, how say, like uh, writing letters of appreciation of this Prabhupada uh, what should be our stand to those devotees, you know, like some even in my children's position to write, writing appreciation letters to those really people to is there any kind of like official stand of this country in this is bad in this That's our official there's a book I published called The Hundred uh, Deviations of Rictigism. You can get a copy of from my airport. If it's coming around here, it's good to have a... have some. Which reminds me, and I would tell all the people in positions not to... that's part of their... they want to divide and rule. So if somebody, someone innocently will... Uh, write something, they'll publish that. They'll make a big thing. Sometimes even they don't write, they'll publish. Falsely. And then you have to go through the whole, I didn't write it. And if they write a disclaimer, I didn't know, I didn't understand, they won't publish that, for sure. Their thing is that they want to divide the devotees and create doubts and, and uh, they have this kind of tactic. So, writing anything to them, we used to debate with them and write back and forth. Then they'd publish, not even the whole letter. They would just publish the part that they thought maybe was a little bit... Then we'd just say, so, well, you mean all your sincere souls and trying to... But then they'll publish that, not the rest. You know. See, we're sincere souls, they're certified. So you can... Read. So it's very... They're very treacherous. The only thing we did is then we had some private meetings with them. Hridayananda Maharaj met, I met, a few different people met in a room, didn't tape it. You know, otherwise they'll just uh, take out what they want. But uh, there was one case in... Uh, they're not really active now, more or less disappeared. Well, not disappeared, but at least they're not so visible in most places. And in L.A. there was a, some case where the Viktiki gave some, somebody a Prabhupada initiation. Who authorized him to do that? Nobody can say, but uh, he did like that. Later, his, the person he initiated came up to him and saw him coming out from a, a liquor shop with some alcoholic beverage and said, What you're doing today? You gave me the Viktiki initiation. He said, Well, I'm not your guru. Prabhupada's your guru. <laughs> How do you know that Prabhupada has accepted you? So this is they're this they're cheating themselves and cheating other people. So talking actually
Because I told you yesterday about the Vaishnava teachings in Sikhism. So I happen to have a couple of copies in case you have any Sikh friends, anybody, I don't know the Sikhs here. You may want to know about it, it's very really good. They can pass it on. You can get more of these. They sell these for a hundred rupees in India, so what's that, maybe 75 Mauritians? So I got two of those if anyone wants. Then I have also Vrindavani Bhajan, which is something I wrote. I, I didn't write, Prabhupada wrote the, bo- the poem, Vrindavani Bhajan, and I gave a commentary to it and translated it. So if anybody wants, these are 150 <laughs> Indian rupees, so I don't know how much that comes here. So <laughs> 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 really, Shadrach, someone else can do that. Who gets the who? Who you want to collect the money for me? And you can. Thank you. Wanna, 